Hello, and welcome to an overthinker's point of view. Today is January 6th, a Wednesday, in the year 2021. Finally, we are out of whatever you want to call last year. I know to a lot of people, 2020 was just another year, not a lot happened, but overall, it definitely felt like a year that will go down in history similar to how the last four years will go down in history for its own political reasons but 2020 in itself was a year of hardships that started with many people who we as a society held dear um, coming to unfortunate ends Um, but we're in a new year and you know it doesn't magically get better because it's a new year it involves everyone to make it better uh, but this is the first podcast for an overthinker's point of view in the year 2021 so thank you and welcome um, i am hoping to make you know the podcast more organized this year as i just started last year um, as a goal so my goal this year is to make it um, more consistent and fluid and edit out um you know grammatical and audio errors maybe instead of just posting it raw um i do um a lot and say like a lot like an unprofessional speaker would so hopefully that can grow as well and you know um it's still something i look forward to doing and for those who come in and listen i appreciate you so Beginning with this now more focused on sports and politics um, podcast, we are going to, you know, start with sports and start with, as you all know, my favorites. Um, So starting with the NFL, let's talk about my boys, the Niners, the 49ers of San Francisco who play in Santa Clara. Wow is the word that comes to mind when finally getting to evaluate how the season went. Wow. Um, You know, the Niners unfortunately finished in last in the NFC West, a very competitive division this year. Almost had three playoff teams. Um, Cardinals, you know, spoiler alert for you guys, week 16, and you couldn't finish it in 17. Y'all did yourselves on that one. Um. But, you know, it was a a down, tough year. And, like, probably most Niner fans and, thankfully, most um, experts and whoever can point to the reasons why the Niners had such a bad year after becoming just a few minutes away from a Super Bowl victory was just the insane amount of injuries that came out of nowhere. As well as just the wildfires of California. Um, And as a Californian, former Californian, um, wildfires did happen almost every year, but they have been getting worse and worse each year. Um, And, you know, just for the smoke to envelop that whole area for that long um, definitely was uh, a sight to behold. And when I got up to Oregon, it was the same because Oregon had wildfires. Um, But that really damaged and hurt how the Niner game and no, yeah, just the Niner game. Um, how that, you know, went. 
And then Santa Clara, like most of California, as people complain about it, is very strict with their COVID regulations, even though California right now is one of the highest um, contracting states in our country. Um, You know, no professional contact sports. So the Niners were just literally beaten up all year. And to get to 6-10 and with the amount of injuries to key star players is a detriment to how important Shanahan and his game planning is. As well as Robert Sala and how much of a mastermind at defense and just enthusiasm he is as a coach. And it's going to be very sad to see him leave, most likely, as a head coach. You got to wish him all the best. Um, hopefully he gets to be with the team that sets him up the most for success. If he goes to the Chargers, he already has experience working with one Bosa brother, so why not the other? Um and we shall see there are a lot of free agents that the Niners have to decide on as well um, that really helped our team be so deep and consistent uh, main ones that I hope they resign is use check obviously very important to the running game and uh, pretty important to the pass and just the way Shanahan runs the offense uh, use check is a key part you know, Trent Williams obviously needs to be resigned. He did show why we traded for him in the first place last year. Um, and hopefully we can get more line help um, because most of our line depth is also uh, free agents coming up. And, you know, the big one, too, would be with Sherman. As much as I'd love to see him stay, you know, if Jason Verrett, younger and definitely showed he was an elite corner last year. We can't keep them both. I might have to go for it. Um, and no hate to Sherm. Sherm's definitely, you know, he's a smart businessman. He's his own agent. Um, he can see the writing on the wall himself. He's pretty good at that. He went to Stanford, you know. Um, he wishes he can stay. We all wish he can stay. But that's the way the cookie crumbles. Hmm. Right, so. Finishing 6-10. and 10. And due to our strength of schedule, the Niners are 12th in the NFL draft. And all the um, analytics and analysis, whatever experts say, that the Niners most likely will spend their first pick on a quarterback. Now, over the last decade as a Niner fan, it's been hard to really trust what they're going to do based on what the experts say in the draft. You know, Bosa was a, like, you better not mess up. This is an obvious pick candidate. And Armstead, Buckner, Buckner definitely was a great one. You know, Thomas and Armstead haven't really played out too much. You know, Armstead was great with Buckner, just like Alden Smith was great because of Justin Smith. You know, some people are better based on who they play with. And it showed that Armstead's not the same without Buckner. Um, But people got to get paid their worth. Uh, But I I just have a hard time. If they do get a quarterback in the first round, I would be down. I'd be for it. I would, you know, want a top name. I would always want a top name to get drafted by one of my teams, you know. Uh, More on that when we get to basketball, too. Um, But definitely... The few quarterbacks on the board I would be down with. You know, uh, one person said Justin Fields would fall that far. I don't see it. 
But also, I don't know how I would feel with the Ohio State quarterback on the Niners again, um, based on how he was. No hate to him in his game. He obviously was very tough. Through six touchdowns against a Clemson team. Um, just dominant. And I don't know. Just have a hard time trusting Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL um, after recent years. And the last Ohio State quarterback to play at the San Francisco 49ers. Can you guess? Hey, if you did, you did. Troy Smith. Interesting years those were. Um, but yeah, you know, I might even say the Niners will get, if there's a top one available, a uh, lineman again. Because I feel the Niners need help with the line first and foremost. You know, we got good receivers. Um, hopefully our injured ones come back and make a difference. Tight end's good. Probably going to stick with Garoppolo. I can see that. Maybe try to get someone else in the draft or, like, free agent or something. But I don't see him going away from Garoppolo yet. Um, defense obviously has its bits and pieces that need help. And hopefully those will get covered. And, you know, it's the offseason for the Niners now. So let me give you guys my playoff predictions. Okay. So, let's start off with Saturday's games. Colts and Bills. Now, my boy, Tanner, college, big Colts fan. Small story on that, you know, his family, his dad, big New Yorker, grew up in New York, big Yankee fan, New York Giants fan, Islander fan, I'm assuming, no, I think he's a Ranger fan for hockey, Um, Knicks fan, you know, true and true. Uh, and when Tanner was growing up, he wanted to, you know, be like his dad. And, you know, he's a big Yankees fan, so he's got that for him. And there was a game on. Manning versus Manning. Giants versus Colts. Tanner decided that the winner of that game was going to be his favorite team. And Peyton Manning's Colts won. And there you see Tanner as a Colts fan. Um... Fun random story on my boy there. But, you know, his Colts right now going against a very surprising, very strong Bills team that had losses that could be argued could have gone the other direction and they could have easily been 15-1, and if not 16-0. and The Colts have to travel to Buffalo, a dome team traveling to a winter northern New York stadium with philip rivers the quarterback who played in a southern california team for all of his career up until this year it is going to be an interesting game to say the least um colt's defense is pretty good but i'm gonna have to say 34 24 for the bills Next on the list for Saturday, Rams and Seahawks. Do not like either team. Unfortunately, the Rams squeaked by the Cardinals without a starting quarterback. I don't see the Rams finding a way to do anything to the Seahawks and just going to easily say it's a 28-10 Seattle win. Bucks and Washington, you know, the one where you got good old Chase Young saying he wants the GOAT and the GOAT responds. and It's probably not going to be the high-scoring game we might think. 
Tom Brady might, in fact, go all out and destroy the kid in the defense, but their defense might also find a way to slow him down. I say the Bucks will squeeze it out 17-10. to 10. Nothing against my old boy, Alex Smith, um, but I definitely feel the Bucks are prepared to go deep this year. Moving on to Sunday, a rematch of uh, the divisional round last year between the Titans and the Ravens. The Ravens, you feel, would have a chip. They would be ready to come back and get the revenge. But this is a Titans offense that is pretty spectacular as well. Um, Pretty much ranking close to the Chiefs in points per game and total touchdowns. Um, Tannehill had a quiet MVP caliber year. Um, And I see the Bills... Not the Bills, excuse me on that. I see the Titans finding a way to escape again with a very high-scoring 41-38 victory. Last person who gets the ball in that game is most likely going to win. Moving on to Bears and Saints, this is another tough call. could easily be called the Saints. They are always a very good offensive team. But uh, the Bears' defense is a reason why they are where they're at. Trubisky might show finally on a national stage that, hey, don't forget about me. I can do this too. Um, And it might just be squeezed out a 21-20 Bears victory because, you know, Drew Brees is up there. Uh, It might be tough for him to just get playoff form right away. And it's going to be a very very close call. And last but not least for NFL and uh, playoff prediction, Browns and Steelers, you know, they played week 17. Browns needed to win against, as the Steelers fans wanted to say, the JV team. Uh, But similar to Breeze, I feel like with Roethlisberger resting, and he's been kind of all out of sorts the last five weeks as it is, the Browns are going to find a way to tweak it and uh, pull out an upset. Uh, winning against the Steelers two weeks in a row with a 34-28 to victory. They will cut it close again at the end like they always do. Um, but they're going to find a way to win and the Steelers can go dancing on home. Moving on to NBA basketball. Uh, not going to do a full recap of anything or teams and snats too much focus on my Niners um and I'm going not my Niners wow my Warriors and um yeah they're 4-3 and three right now tough start at 0-2 um Curry is finding ways to just lead this team of not so no familiar players with each other to be a hopeful playoff caliber team. Curry came back the last two days and showed why he is who he is. And, you know, combined score of like 90 points. Curry is an all-time. He's an all-time legend and thankful he's a warrior. You know, him, Draymond, Thompson, just such a dynamic team. Thankful got to like be a part and listen and watch that dynasty and it still could come back to life. Um, uh, you know, Thompson's injury aside, you know, Curry and Draymond make everyone around them better, to say the least. And they might find their way to a, you know, 6th, 7th, 8th seed, 5th seed, 
they're going to be a tough out. As long as Curry's there. So inspirational, that Curry. I tell you. Uh, funny old first jersey story of mine in my first Warriors game against the Clippers. I want to say maybe in 15, 14, around one of those years. I wanted a jersey pretty bad. I had my Niner jerseys. I had my Madison Bumgarner um, San Francisco Giants jersey. I needed a Warriors one. All right. I knew Curry was top shit. Um, but I had a weird mental thinking process of like I wanted someone else on the team. I didn't want the person everyone else had, you know, aside from the fact he's the greatest shooter of all time. And I'm going to want his jersey no matter what. Now, um, you know, I want to dream on. I'll be honest, first and foremost, this is his rookie year. Didn't have his jersey yet. Uh, mainly because I was a Michigan State guy, so I knew him before, you know, what he was. Didn't have him. Um, you know, my boy Tom had a Clay Thompson jersey. My old boy Tom, actually, not my boy no more. My old boy Tom had a Clay Thompson jersey, and I didn't want to copy him either, even though Clay is also pretty much one of the greatest shooters of all time. You know what I got for my first Warriors jersey? No hate to him. He's He was a good power forward, David Lee. My boy number 10, David Lee. That was my first jersey. Now I have a second one, which is Draymond. Um, but I will definitely hope to add Clay and Curry soon. And, uh, you know, as I said with football, hoping for, you know, getting a good player in the draft on my team. That's already good. The Warriors got lucky and just struck gold with Wiseman because that boy is a two-way player. That defense, that transition, that offense. So exciting. So exciting for the Warriors right now. Um, tonight they play the Clippers, and I will be happy to listen to them while I work. Um, I am predicting a 121-117 Warriors win over LA. Okay. Last with sports, I will talk a little bit about Premier League and my Chelsea with their woes. Um, you know, Lampard, great, amazing player. It's kind of showing he has a lack of experience. You know, you can give him time like Ole got at uh, Man U. Um, and hopefully Chelsea's management might. Hopefully he figures his stuff out. But right now he's definitely showing his lack of experience at a very top club in Europe and the world. Um, he, you know, only managed a derby for about one season, I believe getting him to the playoffs but I do not believe he helped them get promotion so for him to go from a manager of Derby with no promotion to manager of Chelsea due to his legend status obviously there's going to be some hiccups even though it's his second year he's got better players um, I believe with, I believe with what some analysis say um, of how now he has too many players to pick from he can't really decide on a strong consistent starting eleven. Um, and many people have their opinions. Many are make sense and good. He's always switching it up, which kind of takes away the consistency aspect of it. Um, and this is kind of why they're currently eighth when they were in first about a few weeks ago. And it's not looking good. Some teams that were seen as more disastrous are kind of falling, you know, their pieces are falling into place. And, you know, Manchester United right now is first, tied for first with a game in hand against Liverpool. 
Man City is not even in the top four, or they might be, but they're not second. Leicester, I believe, is Southampton's up. It's it's you know, twenty twenty still kind of like bringing into this year just a weird, um, weird way sports are going right now. Um, but you know, my top eleven for Chelsea, I would run a three three four. It's pretty common, um, but kind of works for how their team set up. Front three from left to right. Uh, Christian Pulisic, obviously biased because it's American, favorite player. Uh, but he shows that he has hazard-like qualities on only the left wing. Um, coming, striking in the middle from the left. Right now, you can't lie, Olivier Giroud is our top striker. Scores in every game he's in. He's very smart with placement. Um, just footwork, heading, just, you know, Werner is having a tough time transitioning. Um, and he eventually will be our long-term. I can see that. But right now, while we have him, Olivier Giroud is our number one striker. And then on the right, you got to give Hudson Adoy a reason to want to stay here after signing a new contract. And he is showing that he is also a, a true winger on the right. Uh, middle, you know, he's been struggling, but I feel like he does pretty well on the left as a left-center middle. Uh, maybe an attacking position. But definitely, he's a good passer. He has a good eye. Like, keep him there. And then on the right attacking middle, you can have um, Hakim Zayek, even though he can be a good winger as well. Uh, I feel like as a middle who advances, he has a knack for lobs and passes and crosses that having him out of the game is a tough draw. He was amazing at Ajax. He, you know, he can transition well once he heals up. And uh, in the defensive center position, I would put Conte. You know, I know that Conte is important with his pace and just controlling the center field. And in the back four, you know, Chilwell. I like Rudiger paired with Thiago Silva. They do really well together. And then Reese James on the wing and Mendy as this goalie. You know, that keep them in there for a while. That team would probably do pretty well as a top four. And we move on. We move on to politics real quick. One topic I want to talk about in politics right now is the Georgia runoff Senate race. Um, up to this point where I am speaking, uh, so far one Democrat has won. That is uh, Warnock over LaFleur. Warnock, from my understanding, is a progressive you know, priest or father or, you know, a person of the church. He's a top official kind of of his area, I believe. You know, I know he's definitely part of the church, um, but he's pretty progressive on what he believes. um, And I'm all for that. And just the fact, too, that he is not only the first black person to be, you know, elected into the Senate, in Georgia, he's the first black person to be elected into the Senate in the South. And if you remember, segregation was still only about about 70 years, maybe six years now. 1950s was when segregation, late 50s. Um, before that, there was segregation. Before that, you know, racism still just prominent and normal. Uh, but we're making moves. We're making strides. We're getting there. Um, 
long way to always go. Always going to be a long way to go. But, you know, congratulations to him on his victory. Uh, he beat Lafleur, who is an interesting person. Once I heard her speak in her beliefs, you know, she's a pretty avid Trump supporter. Um, didn't really care for any facts. Just said no matter what, she was with him. She also supported QAnon. So just trying to get people of that base to just blindly follow her because that's what she supports. And she's a part owner of the Atlanta basketball, women's basketball team, um, the Dream. And when you say you don't believe in Black Lives Matter, yet you're a part-time owner of a women's national basketball league team, you have issues. And LeBron is hopefully trying to set up a team to buy them away from her. Um, and I'd be all for her losing, not just the center race, but her stake in that team. The last, um, or the only other center race that's happening right now is with Mr. John Ossoff versus uh, Mr. Purdue. Ossoff being a Democratic choice. It's a very close race. If the Democratic candidate wins, the Senate becomes 50-50, but... Uh, Vice President uh, Kamala Harris would be, you know, the deciding vote in all tiebreakers. Therefore, I guess, putting it in the Democrats' favor. Which, you know, I'm all for. A lot of people are always scared of them doing extreme things that take away rights and freedoms. Um, but a lot of times, too, I don't see many being taken away that affect people's day-to-day lives um and you know there will be some things i'm sure this administration is going to do that's going to piss everybody off just like the last one finally you know it didn't piss everyone off until towards the end but definitely pissed everyone off um but i'm hopeful you know purdue the other guy who's running a republican he is someone who is just a conflict of interest in himself you know trading stocks constantly while being senator um probably i think it was like with the company he has some kind of like stake in or some kind of like um relevance to and the only person i've ever known now to like actually put aside you know conflict of interest when they go into politics was jimmy carter because he was forced into it yet yeah, it seems republicans just love to do that and then cry foul always you know this it, we with the 50 50 government system you know two-party system it's always going to be complaining about the other side with one side that's just how we're set up with the divide and conquer of our country oh okay so we'll see how that race goes um we'll see how sports go playoffs go and, you know, I'll be looking for another episode of my history podcast coming soon. Uh, most people who do podcasts are pretty good with their timing of the episodes. And I applaud them at that. And I know I'm pretty bad at it. I'm pretty far and in between with episodes. And that's kind of hard to stay involved and listen to when you're a listener. But I appreciate those for still just checking it out when it pops up on your feed. Um, you know, life again is always just difficult. It's New Year. I'm doing my best to get out of situations that make it, you know, the endless cycle of not fun. Okay, with that, this is an overthinker's point of view. 
Thanks for diving in. And let's do it again next time.